This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is not your century. This is not your century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. There's a huge crowd downtown on a patriotic occasion. A bomb explodes. The wrong people are accused. It happened in Boston in 2013 at the Marathon on Patriot's Day. And it happened in San Francisco in 1916. It was the Preparedness Day bombing. Ten people died and 40 were wounded when a bomb exploded near the corner of Market and Stewart Streets near the foot of a parade. It was the biggest parade in San Francisco history. And it was the worst terror attack in the history of the city. It still is. One big difference? In Boston, they got the right men. In San Francisco, the wrong men were framed, railroaded. They spent 23 years in prison. The Great War, World War I, had been going on in Europe for two years. In the U.S., there was widespread anti-war feeling at first. Isolationists, pacifists, and the left. The socialists and the wobblies thought the war was an imperialist, capitalist endeavor. The ruling classes getting the working classes to fight and die for... Well, let's let the socialist writer John Reed explain. Warren Beatty played him in the movie Reds. What would you say this war is about? Jack Reed? Profits. By the summer of 1916, the tide had turned. Americans were angry about German U-boat attacks and threats on commercial ships in the Atlantic. President Woodrow Wilson reversed his pacifist stance late in 1915 and called for the armed forces to gear up. The war drive was on. They called it preparedness. The labor movement split over it. The more radical wing continued to oppose the war, but most of organized labor came around to mobilization because it meant manufacturing jobs. There were preparedness parades all over the country. San Francisco's business and community leaders organized one for July 22nd. San Francisco was a strong union town, but big business was busy trying to change that. They were battling the upstart Los Angeles, which was less unionized and could provide cheaper labor. There'd been a labor truce for the Pan-Pacific Exposition in 1915, but now the gloves were off again. As soon as the parade was announced, threats started coming in from radicals. And it wasn't like today. There were no real security precautions. The parade was huge. I don't know how they counted, but the Chronicle reported 51,329 marchers took part. There were 52 bands. The back of the parade line was a mile and a half behind the front of it. At that front was Mayor Sonny Jim Rolfe. He began leading the march from the ferry building when a whistle blew at 1.30. Every big name in the city and most of them in the state were there. 
Spectators were ten deep on the sidewalks up Market Street. But it wasn't what you're probably picturing. There wasn't wild cheering, and there weren't colorful decorations. The Chronicle described the mood as serious, imposing. At 2.06, the bomb went off. It was a pipe bomb in a suitcase filled with nails and bullets. It blew up at the foot of the Ferry Exchange Saloon on the west side of Stewart Street, just below Market. The side windows of the One Market restaurant is what's there now. Six people were killed instantly. Four others died later from their injuries. Police quickly turned their attention to Thomas Mooney. He was a well-known socialist labor leader. He'd worked with Eugene V. Debs and Mother Jones, and he'd been accused, but not convicted, of helping plan a sabotage bombing during a PG&E strike in 1913. Mooney and his wife and two associates were arrested. He was convicted, sentenced to death. One of the others, Warren Billings, got life. There was a worldwide outcry in their defense. Fremont Older was the editor of the San Francisco Bulletin newspaper. He began crusading on their behalf. It became clear pretty quickly that they'd been framed by the DA, Charles Fickert, who was aligned with business leaders who wanted to hurt the unions. Before the parade, Mooney had warned the unions that there might be what we'd call a false flag operation, something the unions would be accused of. Historian Kevin Starr wrote that the case was such a cause celeb that Mooney and Billings, the two convicted men, were the most famous Californians in the world who weren't named Mary Pickford. President Wilson got involved and convinced the governor to commute Mooney's sentence to life in prison. It took two decades, but Mooney was pardoned by the governor and released in 1939. He immediately began lobbying for Billings, even though the two no longer got along. Billings was released on time served that same year, but he wasn't pardoned until 1961. When Thomas Mooney got out of prison, he led another march up Market Street, starting at the ferry building again. He was joined by his union comrades, but no union bosses were invited, and neither were politicians or cops. The Preparedness Day bombing of 1916 the biggest terrorist attack in San Francisco history is still an unsolved crime. Johnny, get your gun, get your gun, get your gun. Take it on the run, on the run, on the run. Hear them calling you and me. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, editor-in-chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your